welcome back to Musicologist and the Nerd. I am Nick. What are you doing in that room? Wainwright, and we are here with Dr. Elizabeth Concord. In a different room doing whatever, because stay at home. Yay, stay safe. Yeah, so we're in our COVID-19 recording time, and we've ha- evolved from our last one. Our last one, we were able to be in the same room. Now we are on the same island, at least, but uh, through the wonders of technology, able to get this. And by wonders, I mean huge headache. We just spent an hour and a half making sure this worked. Yes, yes, we did. We could probably almost see each other. Maybe if you did a smoke signal from your house, I could see you. Yeah, we're, we're both sort of on opposing hillsides. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think I can do that. I'm a firefighter. I'm pretty good at getting things to burn. And then you just call yourself when the fire gets out of control. No exactly. Problem. That's called a. Uh... <laughs> Job security right there. Oh, my gosh. What did I just do? I'm sorry to your wife. <laughs> okay. Now, now, Libby, this is not something I talked to you before, but uh, I think we need to change up our, our theme song. I um, I just bought a didgeridoo. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, I think it's didgeridoo. Wait, this is your first one? Your this, first didgeridoo? This is my first complete one. I have one that's kind of cut in half. I've oh, had ones made one. out of PVC. This one's actually wood and really pretty. Wow. Yeah. Doing your part to stimulate the not-so-local economy. I'm, yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Here, here, here we go. All right. Here we go. There you go. For there any go. of you who were not awake yet or think you are having a stroke, you are not. That was Nick playing his new didgeridoo. Okay. Uh, funny story or anecdote about that. I, as many people know, did live in Australia. That is where I learned to play the didgeridoo by this Australian bloke, by this Aboriginal bloke that owned a boomerang factory in the outback. And he taught me how to circular breathe. So that was one cool talent I got out of my time in Australia. And how long were you there, Nick? You were there quite a while, right? Uh, just under two years. Yeah, that's a good while. Yeah. I was there for a month. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, I was there for two years. It was pretty hot. I was done. I was <laughs> done by the time I left. Yeah, I think, I think it's much nicer. We have about probably a 55, 60 degree day outside. I think that's, oh, that's so beautiful. tolerable. Yeah. Much, yeah. much better. Yeah. Okay, so with all that distraction gone, on to the topic at hand. So this week, we were going to talk about our favorite covers of musicals. And Libby yes. had a little bit of an issue that she didn't really have many favorite covers or really know of many at all. So True. So we changed it up a little. I happen to be a huge nerd when it comes to this stuff and basically live on YouTube playing covers all the time. So I sent her some of my favorites and then let her pick what she really enjoyed. So we're going to go through the list here, share with you our joint favorites here, and uh, we'll go from there. Now, Libby, I'll let you choose. Do you want to go from 10 to 1 or 1 through 10? Well, I know that you like to go from 10 to 1, so we could we could definitely go that way. 
Yeah, we gotta we gotta end with a bang, right? Yeah, we should. We should definitely end with a bang. Well, I think, uh, folks, just a spoiler here. Uh, no matter which way we go, we're gonna begin and end with Hamilton. So it's it's just just how it's gonna happen. So it's just pretty much the that's the way with us is uh. Yeah, I will say I had a very fun Skype conversation with uh, one of my friends in Edmonton, Alberta, and one of my friends in Germany, in Munich, uh, yesterday. And they're both musicologists, doctors. And I said, hey, you guys should listen to our show. Um, it's really it's really a lot of fun. And our first season is about musicals. And they both just went, musicals? Oh, no thanks. <laughs> I mean, either sing or talk. Don't alternate between the two. It's just awful. <laughs> oh music snobs at their finest i know and i just you know they i think that if i dragged them to a musical they would totally watch it but i said oh have you guys seen hamilton and they were like "Mm, nah no plans to see it (laughs) oh oh, my heart (laughs) so shout out to twyla and patricia Yes, yes, because and uh, since we are critiquing these uh, selections we've taken from YouTube, Nick sent me fifty great selections to listen to, and I have a feeling that this is just a slice of the pie. Um, we are going to be able to play you a little bit of each one so that you get a taste, and we are going to put the playlist up uh, in the liner notes for our show, and you can go dive down deep into the hole that is musical and Broadway hits uh, covered by different artists on YouTube. Yeah. And if you have anything that you want to agree with, disagree, anything like that, go to our Facebook page and let us have it there. That's, that's really the best place. Yes. But, but please be nice. That would be great. Or not. Let's have a conversation. Um, Okay. So like she said, we're, we're going to begin and end this with, Hamilton. Now, one thing to know is when Hamilton was really right in its prime, they were pumping out content nonstop. Like on a weekly basis, they were putting out special musical numbers. They were performing right outside the show. They were just doing everything. So the first clip we're going to have is called First Burn. It's not in the show, but it's pretty directly related And it's just, it's beautiful. So we're going right from the top here. I saved every letter you wrote me. From the moment I saw you, I knew you were mine. You said you were mine. I thought you were mine. When I told her what you'd done She said, you've married an Icarus He has flown too close to the sun Don't take another step in my direction I can't be trusted around you Don't think you can talk your way into my arms Into my arms I'm burning the letters you wrote me You can stand over there if you want I don't know who you are I have so much to learn I'm rereading your letters and watching them burn I'm watching them burn 
Okay. I I hate stopping so it. So good. So good. <laughs> I know. I was t- so tempted to sing along, but nobody really wants that. I, I, it's <laughs> exactly the same, except you really don't want me singing along, especially trying to hit Ooh, that pitch. Okay. A bass singing those notes. That could oh, be yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. No, it, it would just be awful, but I was ready for it. Now, oh, man. I'm, I'm going to say from the very first second, the, just the real simple introduction there. And then when you're watching the music video, it's Alex Lacamoire on the piano. He, Alex Lacamoire was not anybody I had ever heard of until Hamilton happened. And then all of a sudden I realized he is everywhere on Broadway. <laughs> he isn't British, is he? I don't think so, but... As you're talking, well, the reason the reason I ask is because we have discovered it seems to be true that when you're watching British dramas, there are only six actors and they appear in everything. That's, That's just tr- the way it works. Yeah. No, he's definitely American. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe he's just the American pianist. Yeah, that's it. He's just the American pianist. That's He's but yeah, he's all over Broadway. He's incredibly talented and um he was a huge part of what made um hamilton hamilton yeah i loved this song it just i mean i i loved the the version that i've watched has uh of hamilton has philippa so philippa sue i'm not sure how you say her last name um i just think that she sings like she's having her heart ripped out through her throat and i mean as awful as that sounds it's just it's you know she's putting every ounce of her being into the singing and these women that are singing, I think it's Ari Apsar, Julia Harriman, Lexi Lawson, Rachel or Raquel and Go, and Shoba Narayan, probably murdered all those names. Sorry, lovely ladies. Um, all of them at various points played Eliza in either U.S. or U.K. productions. That's interesting. I did not know that. You didn't know that? I, I knew, oh, my gosh. Well, I, knew I was looking at why... some of them did, but I didn't know all of them did. Yeah, I I looked up why did he pick these particular women? It just seemed weird to me to, you know, I mean, did he decide I want to have five women do it and that's how my harmony is going to work? Or was he like, these are all friends of mine? And then I looked, I thought, oh, oh, they're all from different productions of Hamilton. And this song, if it doesn't make the hair stand up on the back of your neck, what is wrong with you? Right. Just, yeah, it's, they all have such different voices and they blend them so well together um yeah breathtaking if really uh, really good if you haven't heard it before this i'm sorry because now you're just going to be playing it on repeat and repeat over and over and over again (laughs) yeah no i definitely had a very hard time choosing which were my my favorite um songs and nick did actually send me three versions of burn um so there was first burn which you just listened to then there was Burn by the group Musicality, uh, which is a great group from Chicago of young um, adult artists. And that was fantastic. And then the third one but was by uh, Evan Holland. Uh, yeah, I think that's how, that's how you pronounce yeah, her name. Evan Hollins. Um, yeah, Evan Hollins. Thank you. Evan Hollins, which I thought was good, but I she has a beautiful voice. But I don't think that the... No. Even though she was really working the facial muscles and putting a lot of expression into her face, I didn't really think the expression transferred to her voice. Um, but I thought they were all really good. So if you really like this song, go out and look for the musicality version and the Evan Hollins version as well. Okay. Now, that was number 10. 
That was the tenth <laughs> favorite. So just imagine where it's gonna go from here. Only gets better, right? Okay, so the next yeah. one we're going into is um, Roger and Hammerstein uh, release. They have their Broadway stuff they release, and uh, uh, Jeremy Jordan, who is an actor, I didn't even know of him as a singer. I actually didn't know of him very much at all. But he does some really. He has a killer voice, and he does some really crazy stuff. So him and uh, Laura Onsness, I believe. Probably misspelled. We're going to butcher everyone's Everything. names. Just know that we love you. You're amazing artists, and your name is written down somewhere, and somebody can find you, but Absolutely. we cannot say it. So this one's uh, the next 10 minutes ago. does continue to build and jeremy jordan has this beautifully smooth voice he reminds me actually a lot of ben platt he does very much so and his expansiveness his he's really got a lot of uh upper reach in his range but it still is it's not a tight sound it's very expansive yes and watching him live he's very expressive he's very funny now one thing as much as i love this song watching the music video is really funny because they don't look like they're singing they look like they're having a light conversation with each other and then there's this full sound coming out (laughs) well don't you know everybody who does any type of broadway thing just sits there casually and then sings top volume at their their buddy yeah yeah that's yeah that's exactly how it happens i thought this was a really clever mashup um particularly because cinderella is all about the before you know it's the finding your your happily ever after and then the last five years is all about how your happily ever after can go terribly, terribly wrong. 
And I just, I think that uh, that it really, from a plot standpoint anyway, it really struck me that, you know, all Cinderella is thinking about is I, I need to go find my prince and sure I can fall in love with him in 10 minutes. That's perfectly reasonable. And mm-hmm. in a way, the people in the last five years, the two main characters were thinking that too. They didn't, I think they didn't really get to know each other well enough or they, they didn't, you know, go on the same trajectory as they matured and, and that they they got caught up in the next 10 minutes the the guy main character in particular and of course i've forgotten both their names because even though this is one of my favorite musicals i'm totally blanking um but yeah it's it's interesting it's the before and after intertwined yeah now you got me wanting to go and at least listen to the music of the next 10 minutes i attempted to watch it and maybe lasted 10 minutes before i'm like yeah no i'm not really digging this (laughs) Well, you do spend a good, at least I spent a good portion of watching the last five years because I'd listened to the soundtrack many times, mm-hmm. but watching it going, you know, guys, you could just get divorced. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it, it didn't really hook me from the beginning. And I don't know, I have a lot of stuff I'm doing with my time, so I'm not going to typically waste it watching bad movies. Yeah. Well, if you, if you haven't already um, Nick, go and um, listen to the um, opening number uh, for the last five years, which is just, it's called Still Hurting. And it's, to me, that was a song that I first heard in my very early 20s, maybe late teens. And it just totally captured me. And this musical really spoke to me at that time, like, oh, I can get how you could just be so in love with someone and, and need them in your life, but it's so terrible. And now that I'm 34, almost 35, I'm like, just ditch him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't need that kind of drama in your life, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So but beautiful singing. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So we're going to move on and we're going to go to something that's very much less professional, or at least not professional Broadway. So there's a, a musician named Kirk. Kurt Hugo Schneider, um, very popular on YouTube, and he does lots and lots of covers. But he also is pretty good about getting really good, sometimes professional singers in there, sometimes just friends of his that are also really good. And I love, love, love his work. And particularly, there's one he did with T-Pain, funny enough, that has been on my rotation lately. But since we're and musical covers um we're going to one that he did of the the movie musical hercules and it's go the distance so it's uh it's kirk hugo schneider and sean hook i have often dreamed of a far off place where a hero's welcome would be waiting for me where the crowds will cheer when they see my face and a voice keeps saying this is where I'm meant to be I'll be there someday I can go the distance I will find my way if I can't be strong I know every mile will be worth my while I will call the distance 
I keep having issues having to stop these, and there's, of course, no really good place to stop a song midway through. Well, and it just feels so wrong to stop it midway through. Like, you just, you want to listen to the whole thing. I mean, especially just waiting for his next little piano break in there where he's going to impress us with his dexterous fingers. I mean, ugh. Yeah, and, and this song is so clever in kind of subtle ways. So... It's, I mean, it's just a good cover in general. The the singer who's uh, Sean Hook in this, he's playing a baby grand piano, very clean, nice, as you would expect, you know, nice sounding piano. And then Kirk Hugo Schneider in here is playing this old, junky looking upright piano. And it provides, it still sounds like a piano, but it definitely has more of a ragged sound to it. And it's, yeah, it's a subtle juxtaposition there. You, you know. Yes, and I love how they really, um, they they do, juxtaposition is exactly the right word, where they, and even just with their sound, they start really sparsely, and then it just fills out so much, and it's just the swelling of music and emotion, and it's just so gorgeous. Yeah, and then it's really kind of funny watching um, Kurt there playing this old piano with a kick drum and a tambourine on a on a stand and he's just like switching between them awkwardly he's like (laughs) definitely not smooth usually when you see someone with a kick drum and tambourine all that it's like a drummer and they're you hardly notice they're so smooth but uh he's just switching back and like pounding on that kick drums like in the most awkward manner i have ever seen but it it sounds good it does he just wanted to be dick van dyke from mary poppins that's all yeah exactly just he get... just is inserting a piano instead of an accordion. It's fine. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, but this is this is just a beautiful cover with the little little subtle things in there that make it just that much better. And um, I'm pretty sure that's uh, Kirk Huter Schneider that is actually doing these arrangements, and he's just beautiful, beautifully done. Big fan. Also, there, and, it's I mean, cool. Hercules has some great songs from it. It's you know, we talked about this before, where it's one of those musicals where you kind of have two or three favorites, and you're like, oh yeah, what was that other song in there? Um, but this is one of those songs that just, yeah, for me, whenever I hear this song, I always feel inspired, and um, this version of it makes me kind of want to cry a little bit. Like, like they could be, you know, they could be talking about anything, inspiring you in anything in life. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Libby, you can do it. Go the distance. I'm going to do it. Actually, I did listen to this, to the Hercules soundtrack, a good bit during the last couple of years of my eight years of working on a PhD. There are a few songs where where I have, every time I hear them, I think, okay, I can write one more chapter. It's going to be okay. You can do it. Yes. <laughs> I got this. 
I will be a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And you did. You succeeded. And I did. (laughs) Okay, so beyond, once we've gone the distance, we are going to the fabulous Adina Mazel. Now. Yay! Um, so, Adina Menzel, uh, one of those powerhouses on Broadway, probably best known for her part in Wicked. Um, just belted out. And for good reason, she's definitely in here. Um, so, this is, a, this is a live performance of her singing Tomorrow. love her voice it is amazing so i cannot help but hear alphaba no matter what she's singing here i just have really i have this image of a green skin with a black hat singing tomorrow and it's it's not only her voice it's her inflection she sings in a (laughs) she has a style and she has a very particular sound yes yeah and she's i mean she's powerful She's got this, like, this really strong voice that's almost nasally, but not, and it perfectly controlled. Yes, definitely perfectly controlled. I see the nasally bit. I can hear that a little bit, but she is just, I think it adds to her appeal rather than puts you off. Exactly. Um, yeah, most real nasally yeah. singers, you're just like, okay, I'm done with this. But she she has it just perfectly controlled there that it it adds to it, like you're saying, it's It's this full, complete sound. Well, and it is funny because I actually, what I really got to know her in was Rent when she was Maureen Johnson in Rent. Oh, yeah. Um, That was my obsession. And um, so I loved her in that. And, of course, now since then I've watched Frozen and uh, Wicked. I haven't seen Wicked yet, but I've listened to it many, many times. And, um, yes, I think... This started me on a rabbit hole, Nick. I don't know if I told you that. This particular song you sent me. I I did not know that this was uh this got you going. I listened to most of this concert. <laughs> Cuz it was just this is from she's singing in 
uh, what's called uh, Barefoot at the Symphony. It's in Kitchener, Waterloo, which for those of you that don't know is in Ontario. One of my friends, one of my former office mates uh, and friends, Ivana, lives there. And it was conducted by Marvin Hamlish, who unfortunately died in 2012, but was just this amazing conductor. And so I also watched her performing Defying Gravity at this concert and was just blown away uh, by what she was doing. Also, there is a very furry cat rubbing all over my microphone, so I apologize for any funny noises. Um, that's Pee Wee's solo, everyone. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I highly recommend if you get the chance to go and watch the entire concert. Um, this, this, the beginning of the song that we just listened to tomorrow, it's honestly, it's not, doesn't necessarily grab you, but by the time she gets to the end, there's something in her performance that almost reminds me of what Ella, um, Fitzgerald was able to do with scatting and jazz, where she could take a melody that you thought you knew and turn it inside out and put it back again and have you going, wow, I've never heard anything like that. And um, this one, it just really captivated me. Agreed. Okay, so we, we talked about how she's best known for Wicked, or at least to me, how this invokes images of Wicked. So now let's go to a song from Wicked. Um, Yay! So this is from a, a series called Out of Oz, and it's a bunch of people, a bunch of different singers singing songs from wicked not in the way they were performed generally not by the singers but some of them were so this one is um no good deed which is one that's um i believe adina mazelle is the one who originally sings it but this time it's sang by jennifer nettles and if you don't know jennifer nettles is a fabulous country singer uh she's one uh one part of the duet that's sugarland and just has a very good but very country voice. So let's go with this one. This is number six. Let his flesh not be torn. Let his blood leave no stain. Though they beat him, let him feel no Okay, and with that note, we're we're gonna take it. That's the best break I could find on this one. But isn't it? I think that's amazing. The, with the background that they have, the kind of folksy background in there, you expect them to be singing the Rocky Road to Dublin. You know, you don't you don't expect it to be a song from a Broadway musical. And I I am just fascinated. So Sugarland is a beautiful group. They sing some really good songs, and she sounds super country. But yes. she is putting her heart and soul into this Broadway music, and she is singing it like a Broadway 
uh, you know, Broadway star. And her, you could see it in her very emotion, in her face, in the way she's enunciating. She knows that she has to be heard from across the room. And it's amazing. Um, The funny thing is that the whole background music, the band is a lot more country than she is in this song. Yeah, I I would say so. But I also think that she stays very true to herself, um, her own style of singing. Um, have you listened to her song, Sugarland song, Why Don't You Stay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Well, in um, No Good Deed that we just listened to, she has, Jennifer Nettles has a turn in her voice, which is a very um, folksy thing to do. It's a very, like you'll hear it sometimes in country music, but particularly in Irish or Scottish music, you'll hear it um, kind of going above and then to and then below the note and back to it nice little turn and it's uh hard to accomplish well takes some practice um there are some people who are just annoyingly sort of good at it (laughs) without even seeming to try um but she definitely has that piece in there and i see a lot of parallels between her particular style of country music which is so open and emotional and not just kind of the standard i got in my truck and i went downtown and i found me a girl and had a drink kind of thing but just you know the more poppy country music but really the i have my roots in appalachia kind of country music and she is so of that tradition yeah and it's first of all i'm a big country fan um so i think there's a big stereotype in country music but for the most part i think there's way more like love songs and broken heart songs than there are of the issue stole my truck and all that at least now but yeah, that being said, um, you're absolutely right. She she just absolutely gives soul to all that. And she really does translate well here. She does. Yeah. And it, it actually it took me aback a little bit because it came up and I, I knew who Sugarland was. I love Sugarland, um, but I didn't I didn't know the names of either of the performers. And I think actually at one point they were a trio. Um, I didn't know any of their names. And so I was looking at her I was thinking, boy, she looks really familiar in that voice it really sounds like the lead singer from Sugarland. And I looked her up and was like, oh my gosh, it is. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So now we're going to move on. And when I saw this on the list, I just, I laughed. I sent it to, I sent it to <laughs> Libby as a lark. It, it I love so it. Good. I think it's hilarious. It's not a, it's not a cover. It's a parody. And it it's, still counts, but it's so dang funny. So if you've ever heard of Todrick Hall, he does hilarious songs. He does very serious songs as well. He's a great singer. Um, his latest album is actually called um, Somewhere Out of Oz, I think. Um, great, great uh, song. All kind of have a... But it's it's Somewhere uh, Out of Oz, as in like yeah. A-H-H-H-H-S. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So here is, here is one, definitely a lighter one, called Beauty and the Beat Boots by Todrick Hall. Little town, it's a quiet village. 
every day like the one before little town full of village people waking up to say yes god we're right bitch yes we're the house down there go the gogos with the cakes like always the same old thirsty clientele every morning just the same since the morning that we came to this broke back mountain town this morning now morning room where are you sashaying off to the cruise shop i just finished the most wonderful pride festival with glitter and ribbons that's nice hit crew grab my wings hurry up <gasps> she's serving us house on the prairie realness that poly and a ponytail <laughs> what a crusty shade of blue and that apron is just ill but she really is a basic queen miss bell <laughs> Miss Thang, girl by Felicia. No tea, no shade. Girl, boom, girl by Wop. I need six wigs. Just get extensions. There must be more than just go get your life. Okay. <laughs> no. It's so funny and it's so well done. Not laughing that whole time is just not easy. <laughs> it takes watching it a few times in a row to be like, oh, yes, I just love this. <laughs> yes. So if you can't tell, so Todrick Hall is gay. He's African-American. And this uh, video very much has the uh, <laughs> it's it's basically every almost everyone in there is a drag queen. And I'm not saying transgender. They are drag queens. It is like full makeup. They're ridiculous in every little bit of way. And they're overdoing every stereotype they're fabulous in every single way it is so funny uh and it's not that it's the music's particularly amazing it's fine it's good it's fine um the singers are definitely not amazing they are funny and i love it so i love i love that gaston is a big burly lesbian woman who's trying to woo Belle, and that she has her three less burly silly girls following her around just you know ooing and awing over her and that she tries to woo Belle by taking her to her storage unit and then they're going to go to home depot which is just so funny um i think that you can really see the influence of todrick hall's time with rupaul's drag race in here and that um I think it's great that Todrick Hall played Lola in Kinky Boots for, um, it looks like, one season, possibly two, and Billy Flynn in Chicago. Big, flashy, full of energy roles um, that just, I mean, this this piece is wonderful and I think really has that type of energy. Absolutely. Okay. Now, we said that we were beginning and ending with Hamilton. What we didn't mention is that we're also throwing it in the middle as well. We just like a sprinkling of Hamilton on everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I admit it took over the world. It was a little overbearing at times, but there was so much good music that came out of this. So right now we're going into two of my favorite musical things combined, Hamilton and Sarah Bareilles. And this is uh, Sarah Bareilles singing a version of Dear Theodosia which is just a heartbreaking, beautifully done song. Um, and uh, Sarah Bareilles just nails it. So onward. Number four, Theodosia repri Reprise. Dear Theodosia, how to say to you 
Sometime last night your mother breathed your name And like a flame that flickers out too soon She died, she's gone She dedicated every day to you She changed my life, she made my life worthwhile And when you I know a part of her lives on I know I can't go on You have come of age with our young nation We bleed and fight for you Sometimes it seems that's all we do Okay, now if that doesn't tear your heart out, I don't know what will. I love that. I love that um, Lin-Manuel Miranda and other various artists released things that didn't make it into the musical. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think that's really great. First Burn is a great example of that, as is Dear Theodosia. Um, no, Dear Theodosia just... was definitely in the musical. Well, it was, but this reprise was not. Yes. Now, yeah, they didn't. They didn't show this part of Aaron Burr. I I remember reading when I was reading the book Hamilton. I remember thinking, God, it's so sad that you know he only got what fifteen years with his wife, something like that, before she died. I mean, it's just it doesn't. It seems like a long time, but really, it isn't. No, and I will say though, as much as I love this song, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. singing "Dear Theodosia" will rip your heart out every single time. Yep. Don't care who you are. Well, and I thought that Sarah Bareilles was the perfect person to do a cover of him singing Dear Theodosia because they both have a very, like, she, she has a rich enough uh, set of lower tones to her voice to really work with that higher tenor part. But then they also are both so light in their high range um, and have that kind of jazz sound to them that it just really, it really works. When When I saw this one on the list, this was probably number... 48 or 45 or something that Nick sent me and I turned this one on and I was just like oh my gosh he's got to know this is going to be high on the list yeah yeah pretty much um and interesting how you say about that very jazzy feel because Sarah Brellis definitely sings some very jazzy songs Leslie Odom Jr. actually has a jazz band as well so um that's very much as part of their their style there and I love the simplicity in this Sarah Bareilles has a voice that can carry a song. She has that full lower yep. register, like you were saying. So it was just her and that electric organ. And that's half the song right there. And then it starts to fill in a little bit more, but it really doesn't need it. Honestly, I could have stopped it after the first 15 seconds. She belts out one, one long word. And then it's like, okay, that's, that's it. That you, you, you <laughs> won got me it over. Yeah. <laughs> You're you've, you've been captured. Yeah. Well, I wish that I had heard this song before we went to her concert because then we could have stood, like, maybe made our way down to the edge of the stage and been like, play the Dear Theodosia reprise. Please, please, please. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if that would have worked. That concert had a much 
a more upbeat theme than this song. <laughs> well, and how many of those people are, I mean, I don't know if Hamilton heads is the right way to say it. Rent heads is what they used to say, but mm-hmm. how many of those people are huge Hamilton fans? I don't know. But... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Music. <gasps> you never know. Okay. So we're going to continue on with number three. Now we're going to, we're going to depart from Hamilton, but just for a second. So we're going to move <laughs> We on. never like to stay away for very long. <laughs> of course not. So we're going on to The Greatest Showman. Now, this is one that hasn't made it to the stage yet, but they are definitely talking about it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's a really good movie musical. Hugh Jackman does just an amazing uh, job singing. Great cast. And this is, uh, this is a group called Musicality um, that is uh, singing their cover of From Now On. Saw the sun begin to dim, felt that winter wind blow cold. won't hold Cause from then rubble what remains can only be what's true If all was lost there's more I gained Cause it led me is such a great group for many reasons but the big one is that it's full of amazing talented singers and they're always looking for more it's a group that's rotating and they just produce this beautiful sound full perfect sound they do i would pay a large sum of money to be standing in the chapel that they are recording in while they sing this song yeah it's it's fantastic. And it it has this live sound to it. It's not, it doesn't sound like a studio. You hear like these deep tones coming from that room. It's, I don't know if anyone listening has ever gotten the opportunity to be in a hundred plus year old chapel, church, cathedral while singing like this is going on. Um, I was lucky enough to go to a, Gregorian chant concert um, for Easter uh, in Notre Dame one year. 
which was amazing, particularly since it's been so damaged by fire. I think there will be concerts there again soon. Um, but uh, it just, it, it was like this where the, the waves of sound just wash over you. And I can imagine being somebody coming to the service, you know, when that was a new cathedral and just being overwhelmed and you don't have any electronic music this is the only music you hear perhaps except for what your mother sings to you at night or what you sing in the fields and it would just have been overwhelming and I think that this really captures it their harmonies are so tight the space is so round and and lovely with the sound it just hugs it and holds it it's beautiful agreed <laughs> If you do ever get the chance, Nick, to go to Paris and to hear something performed in Notre Dame once it is back up and running, and I have not checked in a while, so I don't know what the status is on that building, but it is it is stunning. It is amazing. I would rate that as probably one of the top experiences of my life. And um, it, and anyone who can, if you have a particularly a small stone chapel near you, pick your favorite song, and no matter how poorly you sing, go in that chapel and sing and you will sound so much better and just wallow in the beauty of that sound. Okay. It's on my list for the next time I go to Paris. Yeah. You know, when you pop over there for a casual vis visit, yeah, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I had said that we have gone away from Hamilton and we are back. So <laughs> yay! we are now, this isn't a straight out of Hamilton song. This is, uh, came, this came from an album called the Hamilton mixtape. And this, this album was a lot of songs that were inspired by Hamilton that used lines, used lyrics, used some singers from Hamilton, but just expand on the theme. And it, this particular song is incredibly different from the one we just listened. The, the last song was acapella. It was beautiful in simplicity. It was in this old chapel. This next one it's about as opposite as it can get. So this is uh, Wrote My Way Out from the Hamilton mixtape. I wrote my way out. When the world turned its back on me, I was up against the wall. I had no foundation. No friends or no family to catch my fall. Running on empty, with nothing left in me but doubt. I picked up a pen and I wrote my way I picked up the pen like Hamilton, street analyst. Now I write words to try to channel them. No political power, just lyrical power. Sitting on a crate on the corner, sipping for hours. Scheming on a come up from evening to sun up. My man awaiting trial. Misdemeanors were younger. Courtroom prejudice, insufficient evidence. Jailhouse lawyers, these images still relevant. Flickering light inside my project hall. Sickening the mice crawl all night long. And 87 Reaganism, many pages I've written on. Writing songs about rights and wrongs and bells, bonds. Master bedroom, bigger than the crib that I was raised at. I'm the architect, like I wrote the code, the ways app. I'm driven. Black Elohim from the streets of Queens. The definition of what it was written means. Know what I mean? I wrote my way. When the world turned its back on me, I was up against the wall. I had no foundation, 
No friends and no family to catch my fall. Running on empty, there was nothing left in me but doubt. I picked up a pen and I wrote my way out. I really wrote my way about a 6E. Develop relationships with fiends, I know they miss me. Before the Metro cars, it was tokens, I did the 10 speed. Never had rode a rhyme in my life. What was a 16 at 16? Arrested in housing, trip to the mountains, came right back. Trapping off couches, watching for mouses. Only tools we was posed with. Had a spot smoke lit. The haters just confusion. Pay attention how them jokes switch. Theodora was my favorite. The Marco Cannons, mama couldn't afford them. I learned everything on the border. That's a big eight. Click cold parties with private dancers with no mixtape. Bumblebee tuna, now we could get steak. I persevered. Composition, I kept it close. Competition near. I'm a Spartan without the spear. 300 rounds. It was written before I wrote it. Opportunity knocking. Might miss it. That window closing. This okay. So. Uh, <laughs> This one's very different, very different. And another one to stop kind of midway. There's not a lot of great breaks. Um, I could have probably stopped a little earlier between artists, but I really wanted to show how this song used different hip hop artists to convey the same message. So if you yep. haven't seen Hamilton or heard the music, a big part of what in his Alexander Hamilton's upbringing is how he basically wrote his way out of poverty in the Caribbean. He composed an essay about surviving a hurricane and it became so popular that people started supporting him and then financially supported him to move on to uh, the U S and it was a big turning point for him. And in this song, it's amazing how these different hip hop artists then take the same concept, about how they wrote their way out of poverty. And they're telling their own stories. They're not trying to knock off anyone else's. They're just telling their own stories, but using the same theme. Yeah, I loved I loved Lin-Manuel Miranda when he gets his chance to tell his story and he talks about being beaten up because he, you know, preferred to write and, you know, do those kind of things, but he kept doing it anyway. And look at him now, you know? I mean, his writing really did get him out. His favorite line my favorite line of his is when he says running out of time like i'm jonathan larson's rent check <laughs> he's just he's so clever and i i kind of wonder actually because rent probably would have become a big deal during very formative years for him and i wonder if he could have seen that and thought oh i can do that i can do that i can i can make that happen that's a, yeah, I mean, very, very good question there. Now, this is very different than almost everything else on our list. And I think if anything, this is going to show you that not only are we nerds, not only do we enjoy music, but we are well-rounded musical nerds. That's right. Yes. We... Um, I almost put on here, Immigrants, We Get the Job Done. That one I had heard many times before. I'd never heard um, Wrote My Way Out. But I found myself humming the chorus to this song all week. Yeah. It's, wrote My Way Out. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. There's Even though we are focusing heavily on musicals now, even though you've studied like classical for your you know, dissertation and all this stuff, we both really enjoy a big variety of music. And actually, hip-hop has been kind of my, my music lately. I'll go on to that at the end. But this is this scratches a really good itch. And not, not only is it 
you know, Hamilton related. Not only is it hip hop, but it's just done so well. It's it's good hip hop. It's good music. And that's the the big thing. Agreed. Okay. So we're finally on to our number one song. Number one. Okay. And as we said, we are ending again with Hamilton, but it's not just Hamilton. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, of course, uh, was the writer of Hamilton, and Ben Platt, who starred in Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. And this is a mashup with uh, with both of them singing. It's called Found Tonight. And... Uh, We'll go from there. We may not yet have reached our glory, but I will gladly join the fight. And when our children tell their story, they'll tell the story of tonight. They'll tell the story of tonight. Tonight. Have you ever felt like there have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere have you ever felt like you could disappear like you could fall and no one would hear well let that lonely feeling wash away we see his life When you don't feel strong enough to stand You can reach, reach out your hand And hold Raise a glass to freedom Something they can never take away No matter what they tell you Someone will come running to take you home Raise a glass to all of us Tomorrow there'll be more of us Telling the story of tonight Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Both Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ben Platt just will knock you on your asses individually. Then Ben Platt (laughs) starts that song. Holy (laughs) crap. And then on top of it, they're singing each other's parts, at least at the beginning there. They're singing to each other their parts from their respective musicals and just, just blowing it away. This was my first exposure to Hamilton. Did I tell you that? I did not know that. Yeah, uh, I was driving with Amy and Brandon, and Brandon was like, "Hey, you you should listen to this song. Like, it's it's really great." And he turned it on, and I just sat in the back seat. I was so glad it was pitch black because I just sobbed <laughs> all the way through the whole song. I was like, "This is amazing." And um, yeah, and then after that, I was like, "Hey, Nick, yeah, do you wanna do you wanna watch Hamilton? Like, we should." We should, I've never seen Hamilton. We should watch Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song, though. It's just, it really, on my piece of paper I have here, I have six stars next to it. 
Um, this was a clear contender and one of the only ones on Nick's list that I had actually heard before. Um, and it was written in response to the Parkland shooting and uh, raised money for gun control. I, I had heard, too, that it was one, at least one of its performances was supposed to be in support of um, of uh, AIDS and gay rights. But I couldn't find that on the Internet anywhere. Um, but I remember when it came out that there was at least one performance that where it was dedicated to to that uh, those causes as well just yeah so i don't know exactly all the history behind it i don't it doesn't change anything like you said you you knew about that the first thing you ever heard of hamilton was the song and it just made you sob i can't say it made me sob but damn near close every time (laughs) i just i love it it's so gorgeous and this you know found in at dear evan hansen is amazing what I was a tiny bit disappointed with was actually um, going and listening to which chunks of Hamilton they fit into this. Because in Hamilton, I find it disappointing <laughs> after listening to the amazingness that is this song. It's still really good. It's just not found tonight. I mean, yeah, well, it's amazing. It's, as beautiful as it is, it doesn't actually really tell the stories that either of those songs does. It's just yeah, whereas uh, the um, the last song that we listened to, Wrote My Way Out, um, those are really, they're really amazing, uh, you know, plot-driven, history-dense songs, which is something that I didn't make up, as said by Constance Grady in a Vox article, um, which I just, I thought was amazing. You know, these this is more of like a little fun ditty that's stuck in there tonight as more you know like it it shows him partying with his friends throughout his life it's not like anything revolutionary yeah um, it's a beautiful piece of music like, oh. yeah. it's a beautiful piece yeah. of music is what it is it's it, most often many songs from musicals are are moving the story forward as musicals do this one it wouldn't actually fit in a musical very well but but man got it got to love it oh so beautiful um that's our that's our number one but i have a couple of things to add to nick's list um it was so hard not to go down rabbit holes nick i mean crazy hard when youtube you watch the video and below it has six other things um you know that are like you should watch this if you like this try this Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it just it was so hard not to go off on everything and some of the things on Nick's list that I didn't end up choosing in my top favorites were a, a bunch of just stunning pieces um, from different groups of BYU, from Dear Evan Hansen and The Lion King, and um, those didn't get on my list, as well as uh, pretty much anything by Peter Hollins. He does, his repertoire is huge. Um, what he does, everything from songs from The Hobbit to Disney songs. Um, I mean, just, he has amazing things. He is not my favorite singer, honestly, not my favorite performer, but I think that he has an amazing voice and is well worth tracking down, particularly if you are a Disney fan. And, um, Nick, I added something to this list that may give you pause. Okay. Let me go through. You got, you got to tell me what am I missing (laughs) here? See if you can find it. It's right near the bottom. (laughs) <laughs> he's looking he's looking searching it's probably going to be a little bit above the bottom 
but in my notes here, so Nick sent me um, a, a Josh Groban song because Josh Groban and Kelly Clarkson did some music from Phantom of the Opera, which uh, if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know, is uh, one of Nick's absolute favorites. And in my notes, I put really Nick, Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me clarify. I, I love the way Josh Groban sings. I love his voice and I wish I could sing like him. There is one particular song where I don't think he sings it as well as another version. That's all. I would take your one and raise you two from the same show. Okay, so I uh, I take it we're going back to Beauty and the Beast there. Oh, yes. I added, I believe I added Evermore, and I know I added If I Can't Love Her. And um, I was, when I was listening to these, I was like, oh, Nick doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, Josh Groban is amazing. And um, so I listened to, so for those of you who don't know, in uh, when Beauty and the Beast transitioned from being a Disney movie to a staged musical, they felt like Beast didn't have enough character development. Like he just was kind of a, a passive character. And so uh, Alan Menken wrote, um, if I can't love her for Beast to sing, which is this song about, you know, what's wrong with me? Why I'm, I'm so much of a beast that I can't love this, this perfect person who is here, who's so kind. And I just, I can't, I don't have this human emotion anymore. And then when they made the newest movie with Emma Watson, they replaced it with this song Evermore, which is one of Nick's absolute favorite songs um, from that movie. Um, I don't want to overstate the the level of favorite favoritism i don't know uh no you're you're pretty spot on there <laughs> i would say also it's probably a song that is fairly close to your range and that tends to uh, cement things in your heart a little bit more definitely um in my personal experience so evermore replaced if i can't love her in the movie i personally don't really like evermore it doesn't speak to me but i adore if i can't love her and Again, if you've listened to our past podcast, you know that I was in the pit for our local production of Beauty and the Beast. And I spent every night, all I could see on the stage was the Beast's Tower. And I spent every night watching uh, Andy Erbach, our local uh, actor who played the Beast, sing this song. And just, I just loved it. And it, I had the best timpani roles in that song. <laughs> Like the best. I mean, I can't even tell you. And we spent so much time trying to bring them out because, of course, tiny little pit, mini orchestra. I'm doing it on a keyboard. Hard to bring out. Um, but when I listened to the Josh Groban version, he completely, his arranger completely leaves out percussion until the end. And then they bring in this march beat. <laughs> Like a snare drum with a march beat. And I was like, oh, you are so close to getting deleted. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who ends a song like that about a broken heart with a march? <laughs> Just rude. And, and they cut out all the timpani. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, so I, I will just... say I, I haven't. I haven't heard it yet, but as soon as we're done recording here, that's the next song going on because I, I have to know, and I know we don't have enough time right now, but I am glad you, that you, you agree with me really. on, on one thing. Josh <laughs> Groban's a great singer, but not as good as he could be. No, I just don't think that he has the vocal depth 
for beast. I almost think the beast part needs to be a baritone or you're just missing some of the depth of tone. I can, I, I can completely agree with that. Yeah. He, he really is a great singer. He just is not that character. Yep. Well, the other things that were on this list that I missed out on, there was, there's some Lindsay Sterling, uh, some covers of into the woods and, and Les Mis on her violin, which were really great. Um, there, I didn't pick anything from Les Mis, but there's some good ones on here. I also liked the version of the Schuyler sisters uh, from Hamilton by working with Lemons. It kind of sounded, the way they did it, it kind of sounded like the opening of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> um, but I felt like, how cool is it that three sisters could sing so well, especially the youngest one, holy cow, and do this song? I felt like their, whoever did the mixing for them didn't do real well in the crowd sections. But uh, I thought that the three sisters were really amazing. Um, we probably should wrap it up, but I would highly recommend that you go check out this playlist that Nick created. We This is just the tip of the iceberg. There will be more, I'm sure, eventually. Absolutely. So we're going to uh, we're going to wrap this episode up, but before we do, I'm going to we're just going to do what we've done a couple times. And what have you been listening to this uh, week, Libby? Well, a lot of it was this uh, playlist, because I'm telling you, 50 songs, it takes quite a while to get through them, especially if you want to listen to them two or three times. Um, this really got me through my work day and uh, working from home. There are lots of technical issues and I don't deal well with technical issues. So uh, it was really great to be able to belt these out while my computer was melting down. Uh, also, I recently, for the very first time, do not shame me watched moana oh you i okay i can't shame you i can't shame you you can't shame me you i i said no shaming i you just can't do it but i have been listening to moana on repeat and uh my husband nate has been home this week because they're taking precautions and um doing uh a team b team seven days apart so that people hopefully will not get sick and so he's been playing his video game and listening to me sing along to Moana over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> okay, so quick quick note on that. My favorite song in the whole movie is about 30 seconds long. It's right at the very end where she realizes where what uh, who Tafini is and all this. And it's Ugh. just that heartbreaking little aside there only 30 seconds long and i i'll play it over and over and over again because it just melts me that spot makes me cry and then also when her grandmother who has died comes back to her on the boat and reminds her who she is and mm -hmm. why she's on this great quest every single time i cry i just sit here at my desk and i cry and i just hope that nobody from my work calls me <laughs> You know, it's fine. I'm just, it's okay. Moana, you wouldn't understand. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what have you been listening to this week, Nick? I'm going to say my, my music's been very different than yours this week. So I've, um, I've been listening to a bit of hip hop just kind of randomly. A lot of it with more of a Latin feel just, and now I will tell you, I'm not a big hip hop person. Um, I, I like good yeah, music. Either. But this this playlist I just kind of came across just has just got me hooked all week. It's just got a really good beat. A lot of it's a little more Latin influence. It's just keeping me going. I've had a lot of energy. I've been trying to get back into running. And, like, this is just this high-energy stuff that's keeping me 
kind of just going with my pace this week. So that that is a big part of what I've been listening to. Um, and those for those that listened to our last podcast, I told you I was st- uh, starting to trying to compose a song. Well, I've finished, I think, the composition. Of the- I'm so excited to hear that. Can I interrupt you for one second go before for we go to your song? Yes. I wanted to recommend that everybody go out there and watch uh, John Krasinski's Some Good News, particularly episode two for Hamilton fans. That is all. Absolutely. Agreed. Okay. Onward back to composition. So this song is not in any way an amazing song musically it's a fun song and it uses the most random mix of instruments so i'm currently in the process of trying to record it and my my process to actually make the song was weird because i started by picking up a hand drum and i was doing a beat and i wanted to try something else so i recorded it and then i added another drum and i and i just started building and building and building and then i finally came up with a melody then i started writing it all down and i started from the what I had and I kind of completely changed it all up. So now I need to go back and re-record all the parts because the original parts I recorded no longer sound like what I've written. So it's it's going to be a an interesting combination here. I'm going through it and I I'm playing all of it myself except the bass guitar because it turns out I am very much not talented enough to play uh this song as fast as i've written it so that's uh that's been my big challenge the last several weeks so um someday when it's finished being recorded and my friend gilbert is awesome in helping me record that bass part we will uh actually show it here hopefully yeah that i think that would be so great and I think it's really fun. I think it's the perfect way to record music right now during this time where you couldn't get together with a band of your friends, even if you wanted to. Um, and I think it's really cool that you've taken the ingenuity to do that. Um, Nick has been encouraging me to try to learn a new instrument, which I'm an instrumental music education major, so that's my forte. Um, but right now I have an interesting injury that prevents me from playing any wind instruments. And so um, I've been trying to think of what, what I could learn, what new thing I could do um, to, to do something too. But Nick has been so inspiring. He's been sending me bits of his song as he's been composing and it's really cool. Nick, I forget. Did I tell you about finale? I don't think so. Okay. Go look up finale. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It should help you write your stuff down. Okay. Thank you. Now, Libby, now, with your challenge, this is something that we haven't talked about before, but with your interesting uh, difficulty in playing wind, wind instruments, I do have an instrument for you to try. And that, I'm so excited. Which of your many stringed instruments is it? It is, it is one that I never knew much about until I bought it. And... I never knew much about the style of music it used until after I did some research trying to figure out how to play it. And that's the tenor banjo. Ooh. Yeah. Do now, you really think I'm talented enough to play the banjo? I feel like you have to have really, have really dexterous, dexterous fingers to play the banjo and hold the world all in my hands. hands and I don't, I don't know. Okay. So first of all, you sound really, really bad, but I'm going to excuse that because we're coming over really, uh, 
awful internet connection right now, and I'm hoping you can still hear me. I can. Okay. So the tenor banjo is completely different than the standard five-string banjo that you're used to hearing. You don't uh, you don't play it in rolls. You don't pick it the same way. You play it with a flat pick, and it's instrumental in Irish music. And, and I think right there, that's what makes you a prime candidate is that it's it's in it's something that's used with irish music and although i've never seen you play anything that's irish i feel like that's something you would do i have quite a few penny whistles (laughs) perfect so so next time i see you i'm going to hand you my uh my tenor banjo i have absolutely no no supporting documentation music or anything for it and i'm gonna let you uh go at it Okay. I like that. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Excellent. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up our show. I don't even know what we're going to talk about next time. So we'll uh, just leave it there. (laughs) Yeah. We're just hoping the world's still here the next time we get together. So far, so good. And um, yeah, we'll just keep bringing you fun content. Go, go nuts on YouTube. Listen to all the stuff. You'll have a great time. Okay. Excellent. And like I said, any comments, just go to our YouTube page and let us know. Thanks for listening. Bye.